0: I would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet today, the Iraqwell people of the Bundjalung Nation, and pay my respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Human Design Podcast with me, your host, Emma Dunwoody. I'm a qualified Master Coach and Human Behaviour Specialist, as well as being a qualified Human Design Coach. And I work with clients every single day to answer the big questions, who am I, why am I here and what is my purpose. I also assist them to transition from the person they think they should be to the person they really are on the inside. I teach people how to actually live their design instead of just knowing it. And if this is something that you want to do too, well, stay tuned or reach out for private coaching or Human Design Unpacks, where I show you exactly how to live your design. Hey, before we get into today's episode, I want to share an incredible opportunity for you to create What I believe is one of the most powerful foundations to transformation, happiness, well-being, vitality, abundance, all of these incredible results that I've experienced over the last number of years. And that is with the FLFE. I know, if you've been around a while, you've heard me bang on about it. But now I'm working with these guys because I believe so strongly in this business in 2019, we put the FLFE, the Focused Life Force Energy, onto our home. And from that point, everything in my life amplified in a good way. And we're talking about a time in the world where everyone was freaking out. Uh, we were living in lockdown. Everything felt challenging, yet myself and my family seemed to be having the time of our life. I went from $35,000 to $350,000 that year in my business, not to mention the improved relationships. Um, the harmony within our family, um, the health that I've watched this FLFE help me create and amplify, even healing things like broken bones and childhood asthma. It has been such an incredibly impactful thing um, in my life and my world. I mean, in lockdown, I didn't even want to leave the house. None of us did. Like we were the only people who were really happy to be locked in a house, cut off from everybody because the FLFE felt so incredibly good. Now. It's my belief that the way that this really works is because we're operating from this higher consciousness, it it puts us in this place where it's like living and being and working and acting from a temple. How is that a good thing? Well, that means that we have access to higher frequency, higher consciousness. It means that every question we ask, we're going to get a higher frequency answer. Every time we want to heal something in our body, we have a higher frequency energy behind our healing. Everything gets amplified because everything is higher on the consciousness scale, meaning that we get where we want to go faster. And, look, that's really been my results. I think one of the things that I love so much about it is being um is noticing how much I really trust, love, and back myself. And I really think this has got so much to do with it. My plants are thriving. My animals are thriving. My kids are thriving. We're all thriving because of this FLFE. And I really believe that it is fundamental for any transformational journey and really vitality and spiritual evolution for everyone. So if you're curious, go check out the links in the show notes. You can do your free trial no obligation, no credit card, no nothing like that. And then if you decide to sign up, it's super cheap. It's less than a coffee a day, a week. It's a really, really affordable, powerful thing that you can do for yourself to completely transform your life. So go check it out. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so excited to share the next Topic, if you like, in this series, which is all about helping you to build unshakable confidence and self belief. Because ultimately, these are the things that give us the power to transform our lives and then go on to transform someone else's. Now, before I get into today's specific topic, which is all about self belief, I want to do a shout out for you guys, for all of you out there listening, Um, in HDX, which is my membership community, in case you don't know what I'm talking about, we um, run these really cool things called panels. So panels are all about like the in real life experience of every part of the chart. And we are doing panels on authority at the moment. And we are looking for um, ego-projected projectors. We're looking for two more people to sit on this panel. Now, it doesn't really matter how long you have been doing your experiment. Um, all that matters is that you are—you have some sort of awareness. Maybe you've experimented with it a little bit. Maybe you've experimented with it a lot. We're just looking for two more projectors to join the ego authority panel, which will be projectors and manifestors, but we have all the manifestors that we need. So if that's you, if you're curious, it's only the HDX members. It's not like it's going to be broadcast to the world. Um, These panels themselves are so important. They are breakthrough powerful. So if you want to volunteer to join us for that session in HDX, then can you please either email support at emmardunwoody.com and put your hand up, or you can reach out on Instagram via DM and um, we can connect you with the right people for that as well. So ego projectors, come and join us for some fun times to dive deeper into your authority. Now, today in this episode, I am going to be specifically focusing on self-belief because ultimately this is something that We all can create more of. It's just like going to the gym and working out our biceps or our glutes. The more that we take specific actions, the more that we think specific beliefs, the more we can build that muscle. But before we talk about building it, and even perhaps the things that you're doing to stop yourself accessing self belief, I want to really dive into what it is specifically. Because I feel that there is this this belief out there that your self-belief, your um, self-esteem, your self-confidence, your self-worth, like all these words that we use, it sounds like it's something that is like a magically kind of put upon us. No, it's not. It's a choice. It's a choice that we make in every moment. Now, when we look through the frame of human design, will often refer to self-worth to do with the will center. So the center that's the will center, it's also called the heart and the ego center, we will often talk about this specific part of the chart and self-worth. And if you have it defined, colored in, then you're someone that has more consistent and reliable self-worth. And then if it's white or not colored in, then there is this belief that you are more inconsistent with your self-worth and self-belief. Now, That is true for the majority of people who are in their not-self, they're in their conditioning, and they're operating from fear. We can definitely draw those conclusions, okay? However, those of you out there listening to this, you're on this journey of self-growth. You're on this journey of understanding, okay, well, what is going on inside of me? What is my greatness? How do I access it? And then how do I shine it out in the world so I can not only support myself but support whoever else I'm here to, to support, Now, with a defined will centre, this is going to be what I've discovered through these panels, actually, that I was just talking about. When we did the will centre panel, one of the really important um, distinctions that we discovered was that if you have a defined will centre, which is only 15% of the global population, and I'm one of those people that has a defined will centre, then when you're a child, Your self-worth is not going to be as influenced as your primary caregiver. In most cases, that's going to be your mother because you're not open to influence there, or at least you're not as open to influence energetically there. Your brain is still wide open, like zero to seven. You're, um, You're still wide open to be conditioned via your thinking However, this energetic will-centre energy, this this self-worth, this self-identity energy, if it's defined, then you're not as influenceable. So what does that specifically mean? Well, in my experience, both personally and working with all the people I've worked with now, what the distinction is, is that a lot of my self-worth growing up, I would look at my my primary caregivers or my teachers or those adults of influence or anyone of influence because zero to seven, anyone older than you basically is an authority. And I would often make my self-worth decisions or decisions about myself despite others. So if they behaved in a certain way, or, you know, um, if my mother, my mother had low self-worth and she would often um she would often say things like, oh, don't be so stupid, Janet. And I remember thinking from a very young age, like, mom, don't say that about yourself. So I made decisions not to speak to myself despite that because my will center energy is kind of, you know, I'm influencing not being as influenced, okay? Now, in my experience, undefined will centers, one of the challenge with self-worth can be that you are influenced amplifying and reflecting back your primary caregiver's self-worth. So often your stories, like, so when I get to got to seven and I started to um, experiment, okay, so once you get to seven, you've created all these beliefs, all of these things that you, you, these convenient assumptions that you decide are true because of the adults, the schooling, the society, whoever around you. And then you start to run them as an experiment. You start to go through this process of learning how to emote and to feel emotions or shut down emotions. And you almost start to test all these belief systems. And then by the time you become a teenager, you're really testing them out in the world. Um, After the age of seven, you're kind of testing them within the family. Now, what will tend to happen is at that stage, behaviorally, it's where we separate. It's where we start to realize that we are not our mother anymore or we're not our family unit anymore. We are an individual within the family unit of it. We're an individual within the relationship. Now, when we have an undefined will center, often it's almost like the self-worth doesn't detach because you're so connected to her self-worth identity or their self-worth identity that it just you just continue to run this this pattern because you're so used to that energy being amplified and reflected back in your body so over time you've made these decisions that have turned into beliefs that have created your attitudes and that becomes your level of self-worth so from a human design point of view we know that there's there's these sort of variants okay now the next question is, can everyone have consistent and reliable self-worth? And the simple answer is yes, of course. Again, in my experience, what I've discovered from the will centre point of view, running these panels, working with clients, I've discovered that often with a defined will centre, the journey is um, shorter. It means that once you learn the lesson or you heal the trauma or you change the belief or whatever it is, then you will tend to move into a more consistent self-worth um it will tend to be faster. Whereas if you have an undefined will centre, you just have to go to the gym a bit more. You have to build the habits. You have to be a lot more. um, I don't know, a lot more. You have to be consistent. You have to continually keep showing up for yourself and keep doing all the things that I'm going to teach you just to make sure that your self-worth continues to grow and grow and grow. Now, again, most of you listening to this, you're on this journey of raising your consciousness. And as we raise our consciousness, we're raising our self-worth, okay, because we're moving out. Bit my lip. Uh, We're moving away from fear and closer to love and compassion and joy and all of those things. And with that goes our self worth. Now, trusting ourselves, self belief. This is really very simple. I want you to think of it this way having good self belief means this. And I really recommend writing this down as your governing belief. And that is that no matter what comes my way, I can handle it. That is the core to unshakable self-belief, that, that belief. No matter what comes my way, I can handle it. Now, self-belief, especially in the business world, we're constantly talking about backing yourself, taking consistent action, um, making sure you follow through, um, You know, choosing better thoughts, focusing on what you want. There's all of these things that we really talk about. But In my experience, again, especially my personal experience, but in my experience, what is even more important than that is to be able to back yourself when you're faced with challenge, when you're faced with um, the hard things like loss of a job, um, moving countries, loss of a relationship, um, grieving someone who's crossed over, um, you know, real money hardship. Like these things. This is where the core of our self-belief, this is when we really know we've continually and consistently turned up to the self-belief, gym. is when we're faced with things like this that we're like, oh, my God, this feels uncomfortable and scary and um, all of the, the emotions that it feels and we think, well, no matter what happens, I know I've got myself. I know I've got this. I know I can handle whatever comes my way. That is what self-belief is all about because self-belief is grounded in the ability to sit in uncertainty and believe that whatever's going on, it's going to be better than this. It's going to to transition and transform into something greater. And this is what I want you to understand. Self-belief is a choice. It's not something that one day is deemed upon you and you will wake up and be like, oh my God, I believe in myself. It's something that you choose to do every day. It's something that you choose to do in the little moments so that when the big moments turn up, you're like, I've practiced this. I believed in myself being on time for meetings even though I was all, I always used to be late. I chose to believe that I could be on time with in meetings. What happened? I changed my thinking. I decided to leave 10 minutes earlier for everything. I changed my clock, whatever it is. Because you decided to do better, to be better in the small things, it means that when the bigger things come along, our default setting is to back ourselves. Our default setting is not to try and control our external reality, which is really a a sign of low self-worth. Instead, we know that we trust our internal certainty, meaning I've got this. I don't need the details. I don't need the steps. I don't need to know exactly what the outcome is going to be. I just know I'm going to handle it and it's going to be better than it is today. And this is where self-belief is created. It's created in all the small moments where we choose to back ourselves. It's created in all the moments where, you know, we might make a, a mistake or things don't turn out the way we thought they did. And instead of judging and criticizing ourselves, we instead turn up for ourselves. We turn up for ourselves and say, okay, well, what have I learned? what's the lesson here, how can I do better next time, and treat ourselves with love and compassion in that moment. But it is so important that we choose to believe in ourselves, even when our egos are telling us a different story. Because if we don't choose it, then we're never going to get there. We have to be decided that we are going to back ourselves, believe in ourselves, even when we fall down, it's all part of the journey. And as I said, the more we do it, the more unshakable that self-belief becomes. Now, the next thing I want to say, because really self-belief again, is a um, it's part of our identity, right? We've talked about identity. We're building an identity that I believe in myself. I've got this, no matter what comes my way, I can handle it. So, we have to understand that we are conditioned not to trust ourselves. We're conditioned to need external validation. We're conditioned to need permission. You know, I was driving somewhere on the weekend and there was this road sign on the freeway that said, don't trust yourself tired. And I was like, man, it's just everywhere. Like, I totally understand the intention of this sign that you know, don't drive tired. You know, make sure that you are when you're behind the wheel, you are well rested. But they go straight for fear and they're teaching us not to trust ourselves. They're teaching us that they know more about us than we know about us. Now, as I said, the intention is good, they're trying to make the roads safe, they're trying to make sure that we don't crash our cars. I get that, however, this is the insipid conditioning that we're getting all the time so we also have to choose to challenge that you know anytime that that someone questions you don't automatically question yourself every time some sort of authority says that you have to do this or you have to do that just get curious not judgmental and not obedient just get curious why should I do that what's going to happen if I do that for what purpose would I do that Um, Is that actually in my best interest? Like ask questions, get curious because this puts the power back in your hands. This puts you in the driver's seat. So you have to really be passionate about asking questions and really asking yourself, is this this true for me? Because if you're not questioning your conditioning, if you're not questioning um, other people's, Decisions for you, then this is going to be a really big hiccup, if you like, when it comes to believing in yourself. Because to believe in ourselves and to win from this place, all we have to do from a human design point of view is trust our strategy, authority, and intuition, in my opinion. You know, our supercomputer between our ears, you know, going through this process, transformational human design, we're reconditioning our brains to support our human design. So ultimately, we just have to follow our strategy and authority. This is where. We have to put our power. The next thing I want to share with you is that human design, human design is your blueprint, okay? It is this blueprint, a permission slip to be authentically yourself. The question I have for you, though, is what are you doing about it? Are you just learning your design and going, oh, yeah, that feels true? Or are you starting to make different decisions in different ways to get different outcomes and change your behavior forever? Because if you're not doing that, then your human design doesn't matter because you have to take responsibility for it. You have to actually step in and choose to run your experiment and put yourself back in the power seat. You have to start to believe in yourself, make decisions from authority, watch out for your strategy, respond to life, whatever it is for you. You have to look into the shadows of your design and start to own those parts of yourself while choosing a higher frequency belief for that energy. So that's the question for you. Are you actually leaning into your design and taking inspired action and willing to make a mess, get it wrong, fall over, all with the intention of living more authenticity, living in alignment, actually living your design, making you the authority in your life? Or do you just like to talk about it? Mm. Because the two are going to make some pretty different outcomes or create some pretty different outcomes. All right. So what I thought would be really easy, helpful, straightforward, simple, and fun. I'm going to give you the five things stopping you from having a rock-solid self-belief. All right. You got your pens out? I hope you do. So the first one is breaking promises to yourself. Now, we talk quite a bit about this in the human design world, don't we? Because if we're if you're a manifesting generator like me, um we don't know how we're going to feel. I'm emotional as well. So we're not going to ha- we don't know how we're going to feel committing to something 3 months out, how we're going to feel on the day. So we have to start to learn different strategies. We have to reteach people how to treat us. Uh, We also, and this isn't just MGs, this is everybody. We have to be very conscious of the promises that we make, the promises that we make, especially to ourselves, so our our self-integrity, as well as our promises to others, you know, integrity with others. Because when we break a promise, it directly affects our self-belief, our self-worth. It diminishes because what we say to our unconscious mind is, well, we're not worth it. We're not worth keeping that promise. So one of the things I did um, a lot in the early, early days back in my 20s is I would promise myself to do all this work to heal my mental health and I would read all the books, but I wouldn't take any actions. So I would talk about it, I would learn it, I would feel inspired, but I didn't follow through with any actions. But I promised myself I would and then I constantly let myself down. I constantly let myself down. I would say, well, I have to go and do this, I have to go to work, I have to... Uh, cook dinner. I have to. I have to. I have to. I have to. For everybody else, and this was the place where I really had to start to pull my socks up. And it was interesting. As soon as I had my first baby, this is where I started to realize, like, wow, this little human. I don't break my promises to this little human, so I need to treat myself the way I treat this this little human. And I started to get more and more honest about the promises that I made, not only to myself, but to others. Now, this can be quite challenging in itself because if you're um, someone who makes promises and doesn't follow through, you're probably doing it from a place of people-pleasing or obligation. These, what we would call not-self or we would call it's conditioning, um, you know, the generator types are going to be, you know, constantly pushing, they've got all this energy. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. But actually they never get around to it because they said yes to way too many people and they don't say yes to themselves. Or um, the non-sacral types or like, let's say projectors or reflectors, they're like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. But the poor buggers are out of energy. They're, you know, maybe they're people pleasing or maybe they're doing it to be seen or maybe they're doing it for unresourceful reasons so they don't follow through. Maybe manifest as promise, but then all of a sudden they're on a creative urge and they're following their creative urge and really that's what they need to be doing, right? So, and there's many more reasons than that. It's just a great, just a couple of examples for you. So what we have to start doing is A, reteaching people how to treat us. So actually teaching people, can I think about it? Can I see how I feel in the day? Um, Can I pencil that in? and learning to say no, learning to say, I don't have time for that. Um, I don't want to do that. No, thank you. Uh, because every time you break a promise to yourself, you are eroding the trust. It, it's like you're, when it comes to the crunch, you won't believe in yourself because you've let yourself down over here. So why wouldn't you let yourself now, down now when the stakes are higher? So the promises that you make to yourself and the, promise that, the promises that you make to others. You must endeavor to keep. And, you know, I always like to joke, it's like an 86% rule, right? Let's call it a 90% rule. If you can keep 90% of them and then if there's, you know, this little wiggle room where maybe you don't follow through on some promises... Take time to find out why, get curious. Why are these promises? Why are you not following through on these promises? Because I can guarantee that there's fear related to those promises, maybe obligation, maybe people-pleasing, maybe those sort of things going on. So that's number one. So number two of the five things stopping you from having rock-solid self-belief is giving away your power and responsibility. So I remember in my early days, in my healing. And I mean, I've had so many iterations of being in that place where I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'm at rock bottom again. I feel like this is hard again. I feel like I can't do this again. And each time I did that, I realized there is one common thing that I'm doing. And that is I'm giving away responsibility. I'm giving my power away. I am not taking full responsibility for the results that I have in my life. So let me give you an example. If you are a a budding entrepreneur, I was a budding entrepreneur for quite a long time until one day I made a decision and I picked up a belief. The belief that I picked up was I want to be, I am willing to do the things other people aren't willing to do. And for me, what did that mean? So I got to define that. Like this wasn't about pushing myself hard. This wasn't about, you know, hustling my ass, even though I did those things. Um, This was actually about every time I got scared, every time I thought I wasn't good enough, every time I thought I couldn't do it, I didn't know what to do next. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what I wanted. I just lent into it and I just picked something. And then I just took imperfect action and I just kept going. So... I took responsibility for my results. I did something about it. However, if you want to have rock-solid self-belief, you cannot be giving your power away. You cannot be giving responsibility away. It can't be somebody else's fault. You can't be blaming someone or something else. There's always a way. There's always responsibility. There's always power. But you have to find it. You have to choose it. And sometimes that power might be just putting something down and walking away from it, you know. It might be, um, you know, you keep turning up, you keep turning up, you keep turning up, and it's not working. Well, instead of just like I used to, sitting in a heap and going, oh, my God, it's not working, I ask myself better questions. Okay, well, what specifically needs to shift for this to work? What of this is working? What things can I let go of? What else could I try? Um, Ask yourself better questions because then you get your reticular activating system in your brain focused on what you want, On that there's a solution. As long as you're focused on that there is a solution, you're going to find a solution. So stop giving your power away and stop giving the responsibility or blaming or getting stuck in your ways. That's another one. The need to be right. Um, I think that's actually one all on its own. So that is number two. Okay, so number three of the five things stopping you of having rock solid self-belief is all talk and no action. Now, this is so important because we live in this information age. So, so much of the time we think that learning knowledge is going to change our behaviour. It's not. It's the action we take that changes our behavior. We can learn the information, but unless we're putting it into action, then the change will never happen. And if we're not consistently putting it into action, then we're never going to have that change. So you've discovered your human design. You've gone to the, the website, gone to my website, you've got your chart, you're here learning about your design. What are you doing about it? Are you taking imperfect action? Are you experimenting? Are you discovering, like, what does my authority feel like to me? How does that turn up for me? What does my intuition look like, feel like, sound like, smell like, taste like? What does this personality, sun, energy, like, where does this shadow show up in my life? Where does this gift show up in my life? Are you experimenting with it and then taking new actions? Because if you are all talk and no action then you are never going to change. This is, you are never going to have self-belief because you have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to create change, new beliefs, new identity, all of these things. And that only comes from taking action, not from just learning about it. Number four of what's stopping you having rock solid self-belief is not running at least your strategy and authority as an experiment way too many people, they say, oh, I can't, I don't know what my authority is. I don't really understand it. How does it feel? What does it look like? And they ask me, or they ask another expert, or they ask their friends. They're just asking everybody else without actually running the experiment for themselves. Like what does emotional authority for me, what What does that mean? So I got all the information and then I experimented with it. What's this slowing down thing? What does that specifically mean for me? Because I like to go fast, but actually I do like to go slow as well. So I started to experiment with it. I would sleep on it. I would take time. I would write down in my journal like, okay, what happens when I do these things? Is it getting the results that I want? Can I do it better? Um, Should I stop doing something? Should I start doing something? Um, How does it feel in my body? Um, How do other people respond when I when I use my authority, are you actually experimenting with your design? That's what you have to commit to. Experiment. Find out for yourself. Don't rely on everybody else's opinion because it's just an opinion. You are the guru. And then the last one of the things stopping you from having rock-solid belief is the need to be right or to get things perfect. Now, in the human design world, this is massive, okay, in the behavioural world, also massive. It's massive in behaviour because when we have to be right or we are a perfectionist, what that tells us is that you have a lack mentality. It means that you are not in a growth mindset because you're so attached to things having to be a certain way, which means you're looking for external certainty. You're trying to control your reality Um it means that you don't have internal certainty. You don't have belief in yourself. And the need to be right really shows us that we're in the victim state or the child mind, that we, that that this is the place that we have to prove that, Um, you know, what's that saying? Like when you defend your limitations, you get to keep them. It's the same thing. Like if you are so determined that something has to be a certain way, then you are missing out on the extraordinary greatness that lives inside of you. You are in the child mind. You're what we call below the line. You're operating from the victim state. So what does that mean? How do you do something about it? Well, you just become more open-minded, open-hearted. You ask better questions. You're willing to make different choices. Now, our human design is all about experimentation. It's all about you know, like different teachers are going to teach different things. There are so many people out there now with human design that they've channeled something and they're teaching it to the world and they've made something else up and they're teaching it to the world. Like my transformational human design is a hybrid of human design and behavioral transformational coaching. I mean, how do you know what's right and wrong? And this is the place where I want you to go. There is no freaking right and wrong. We are all doing the best we can. We are all putting things out there that we believe wholeheartedly are powerful and um, they're going to empower you and help you transform your life and help you heal the things that you need to heal and then go on to help others to do the same thing. But at the end of the day, you're the guru. So you have to be willing to not judge others for being right or wrong. But instead, ask the better question, does this work for me? Is it resourceful? Or does it not work for me? Is it unresourceful? And just, just do your own thing because being attached to being right and having things to be perfect is only keeping you stuck and there's no way you can express your highest potential even with the incredible blueprint of your human design with that mentality. You have to have new, like a what is it, beginner's mind attitude open to different opinions, different experts, different advice, then you have this great way of filtering it through your physical body, your intuition, your mind, like all of it with human design. It helps us to say, okay, well, that's for me, that's not for me. So really, really important not to be attached to getting things right or perfect. So to sum it all up, it all comes down to to have... Absolutely rock solid self belief. First, you have to choose it, and you have a governing belief like anything that comes my way, I can handle it, or the universe wouldn't wouldn't have given me this if I couldn't handle it. Number two, you're choosing it. You're showing up for it. You're reteaching people how to treat you. You're making different decisions. You're taking imperfect action. You're experimenting with your human design. You're in the game or in the arena, as Brené Brown would say. Because when you do thi- these things and you avoid or you stop doing the five things I've just shared with you, then all of a sudden you're going to notice that you ca- you do back yourself, that you can do this. Even though your ego's screaming in your ear, I can't, imposter syndrome, who do you think you are? I'll have to take care of someone else first. You can just choose. No, I'm going to back myself. I have all the internal guidance. The external clues are supporting me. I'm doing it. I believe in me. And this is how we build unstoppable self-belief. All right, everyone, I trust you got what you needed from today's episode and thank you for being here. I look forward to having you on the next one. Bye for now. Thanks, everyone, for being here all the way to the end of the podcast. I hope you got lots of value out of it. I certainly had a lot of fun doing it. Could I please ask that you share this podcast with friends if you found it valuable? And also, bonus points, could you leave a review for me as well on Apple? It would be greatly appreciated. If at any point you would like to be on the podcast or you've got questions that you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, by all means, get on my socials and DM me. Everything you need is there in the show notes. Have an awesome day. Bye for now.